0: Welcome to Day by Day, the verse by verse Bible teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel in Elk Grove Village, Illinois, with Pastor Phil Ballmeyer. We're glad you've joined us, and we look forward to spending time again in the Word of God together. We also invite you to stay tuned at the end of today's broadcast for information about additional studies and resources. Thanks again for being with us. It's shocking that in the face of the unmistakable judgments of God, that there will be many who, rather than repent, will actually continue in their rebellion against Him. We'll consider this today as Pastor Phil turns our attention to Revelation chapter 9. Let's join him now for our study.
1: But uh, I want you to notice, though, it says again in verse 20, But the rest of mankind, who were not killed by these plagues, did not repent of their idolatries, John says. They didn't stop worshipping demons, idols of gold, silver, brass, stone wood, which can neither see, nor hear, nor walk. Now, I want you to understand, by this time, the Antichrist has already gone into the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. He has already caused the daily sacrifices and oblations to be stopped for the true and living God, of course, the God of Israel. Uh, You know, Jesus said that. The Antichrist is going to go into the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. He's going to cause the daily sacrifices and oblations to cease. He's going to put up his own image in the Holy of Holies and demand to be worshipped as God. When you see that, talking to the Jewish people in that day, Jesus said, don't even go back down from your housetops, your patios, to get anything but run immediately into the wilderness, down to Petra, where Jews are going to take refuge, and the Antichrist's reach will not be down in Petra. Petra is on the southeastern side of the Dead Sea, and uh, it's an interesting place. If you ever studied Petra, if you have ever watched Indiana Jones, the uh, the what is it, the final episode there of the of the trilogy, uh, and that last sequence where you see him riding through that kind of that uh, canyon, you know, and it opens up into this city that was built on this into the you know from the side of the rock there that's Petra that's a real place all right and the Jews are going to flee there in fact one Christian ministry because of course reading the scriptures and all uh, invested thousands and thousands of dollars in Hebrew New Testaments and they went down there and they stuffed them in every crack every hole they could find so when the Jews flee they're going to find these things read them and hopefully get saved Pretty creative. But this is going to be a a time that is going to be unlike anything man has ever seen. The Antichrist is going to set up his image in the Holy of Holies and demand now to be worshipped as God. Turn to Revelation 13. And we'll study this in detail when we get there, but I just want to read you a few verses. In Revelation 13, starting in verse 11, John says, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and spoke like A dragon. This is not the Antichrist. This is the false prophet who will be in charge of the one world religion. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast, or that's the Antichrist, in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs, this false prophet. That's the word for miracles. This guy's going to have the ability to perform miracles, but they'll be lying miracles They'll be genuine miracles, but are designed then to point people to the wrong path. So there'll be lying signs and wonders. He performs great signs so that he he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth who are the earth dwellers. Remember, that's a eschatological term. Who are the earth dwellers? Used eleven times in the Book of Revelation. Unbelievers always use of unbelievers. Those whose homes or those whose lives are—we're all on the earth. We all—you know—all of us dwell on the earth, but we're not all earth dwellers. This is a, a designation of a certain group of people. Always unbelievers. This is their home. This—they're living for this world, this life, as opposed to us who are only passing through as Christians. But. tells the people of the earth to make some kind of an image, an idol to the Antichrist. And then the false prophet, who is empowered by the devil himself, has the ability to give this thing life. Or at least it looks like it's alive. I mean, this is going to be a very strange period of time. Uh, Somebody has said this. Right now the devil disguises himself as an angel of light for what purpose? To what? To what? To deceive, At this time, he's not worried about deceiving anybody. He's out in the open now, all right? This is going to be a time when the world is going to be full of demonic worship and idolatry, and it's going to be right out front. And here's why. Because the devil is going to so deceive the people of this world through the Antichrist that by following the Antichrist and worshiping him, and worshiping the devil, of course, who empowers them, they are actually worshiping the true God. The devil has always wanted to be worshipped as God, right? And there's going to be such an inversion of values and um, thinking at this time that right will be wrong, wrong will be right. We're kind of seeing that now, aren't we? But we're talking about big time then. Right will be wrong, wrong right, evil will be good, good will be evil. In the Sunday school classes in those days, they're going to be learning, studying, the kids are going to be studying in Harry Potter, we'll say. Because... Satan and the occult is going to be the religion of the day. Anybody who claims to be a believer in Christ, they're going to be looked at as the evil devil worshippers. Those those folks are looked at right now. It's going to be a very strange time. And we are already being prepared for it. The mystery of iniquity is already at work, Paul tells us. Even now the world is being prepared for this time. Henry Morris, who has also written an excellent commentary on Revelation, says, and I quote, For many years prior to Christ's return for his saints, there will have been a revival of occultism, astrology, spiritism, and kindred doctrines of demons, even in Western cultures, preparing the minds of men everywhere for a worldwide return to pagan idolatry in the final days of the the cosmic rebellion." Great worship centers. Again, the, the, the veil is off. The devil's not pretending to be an angel of light. He's just presenting himself as he is, but he's making himself look like the good guy in the sense that evil is good. Occult, the occult is good, right? Morris' great centers of worship will be erected with grotesque images of modern art depicting the various cosmic terrestrial forces and processes presumably controlled by the principalities and powers of the wicked one, and these will become objects of worship with men and women, in effect, thus worshipping those evil spirits which they portray and represent. Worshipping idols of gold and silver, brass and stone and wood is, of course, the same as worshipping demons who are associated with them, 1 Corinthians 10.20 tells us. That those things that the pagans worship, the idols that the pagans worship and sacrifice to, they're really sacrificing to demons who are working behind these various idols and so on. You know, 2 Thessalonians 2. You don't have to turn there. We've already looked at it in the past, but let me read it to you quick again. 2 Thessalonians 2, uh, verses 9 through 12, talks about this time also. And Paul said, the coming of the lawless one, which is a reference to the Antichrist, is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders. People are going to get sucked into the Antichrist message because he is going to be able to back it up with real miracles. Miracles that are probably going to be very beneficial for people. I mean, the devil isn't going to fool too many people if he does bad miracles, right? I mean, how do people deceive others into thinking that evil is good by doing miracles, or at least things that look like miracles that are beneficial? People get sucked into the occult, the New Age, all kinds of other Religions that are based in the occult because they have peace. They feel the warm glow of God's presence when they meditate and TM and other things. Um, Blood pressure goes down. Stress goes down. Uh, You see a lot of companies using TM and various other meditation techniques from the East to help people cope with stress, to to have more calmness in the workplace. Uh, This is all preparing people For the coming of the Antichrist, who will bring these things to fruition in in the minds of people. He's going to be the ultimate man who himself has achieved godhood. How do we know he's achieved godhood? He's got power, real power to do real miracles, and they're really beneficial things. And who's not going to want to follow after somebody like that? The only people are those that are Christians, right? Because Jesus said these false prophets will be so rampant at this time, If I had not warned you beforehand to beware, even the elect would be deceived. That's why the word of God has got to be our guide in everything. Because the devil will masquerade, today I'm talking about as an angel of light to deceive. And his prophets and his followers promise people beneficial things if they will get into these various religious movements or whatever. It's all designed to deceive. And Paul says, look, the Antichrist, when he comes, he's going to be Satan's guy. He's going to be empowered by the devil with supernatural power to work miracles and, and signs and lying wonders. With all, and all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. That's the key. People who have rejected the gospel, God's truth, God's good news that God loves sinners so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for us. And if anybody would get on their knees and confess their sins and receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, then God will wash them of their sins, forgive them, and bring them into his family. That's a glorious message, but it's not a good message if you want to be God. If you want to be God, And if you want to be in control, and if you want power to do whatever you want to do, that's not a message you want to hear, that you're a sinner, that there's no way you could ever be good enough to work your way into heaven because you have to be perfect. None of us are perfect. But see, man in general doesn't want to hear that. Man wants to hear that he is God and just tell me how I can be God and have all the power of God and I'll be happy. So here comes the Antichrist with that very message. And he's got the life to back it up. He can do miracles. And pro- it's probably going to promise everybody else who follows him the power to work miracles. Idolatry is should be rampant. You're going to have little idols of the Antichrist everywhere. People worshiping, you know, demons. All because they rejected the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. That they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in righteousness. I mean, if you love darkness rather than light because your deeds are evil and you don't want the truth, you want to embrace lies, God says, fine. Then I'll let you be deceived even more. If you won't give me glory by obedience, then I'll take glory by using your life as an example to others of how not to live. That's what God did with Pharaoh. Yeah, it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Yes, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Why? Because in the beginning, Pharaoh hardened his own heart towards God. And because Pharaoh would not give God glory willingly, God took glory against Pharaoh's will. Hey, look, we can, our lives can be an object lesson of the glory of God by us obeying God and, and, and serving Him and being blessed in the process. Or, as the Bible says, woe unto that person that strives with his Maker. The way the transgressor is hard. And if people will continually reject Jesus Christ and the love of God... And embrace lies, God says, Well, fine, if you won't give me glory willingly, then you've hardened your heart to me, I'll make it even more hard. And then I'm gonna take glory from you by showing others through your life what not to do, how not to live, if you don't wanna wind up like this person. In verse 21, it says, They did not repent of their murders, or their sorceries, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Murders. Well, Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 12, about this period of time, he said, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. You you can see it here, right? A time of lawlessness where people will no longer be loving each other. I mean, it's every man for himself. It's jungle law, basically. One author put it this way, said, in addition to idolatry, violent crimes like murders will be rampant, bereft of any sense of morality, evil, unrepentant people will uh, imitate the demonic hordes, murderous bloodlust. Believers in the true God will no doubt be their prime targets as they lash out seeking revenge for the disasters God has brought on them, end quote. You can see that, Right. Here you have prophets going around preaching the gospel and saying, hey, what's going on is from God. These are judgments from God. You better repent. But man doesn't want to repent. So who does he take his frustration out on? On those people who represent God. The Antichrist and his followers are going to be killing, murdering millions during this time. They didn't repent of their sorceries. You know the Greek word? That we get that word sorcery from is a Greek word that uh, it's pharmakia. We get our word pharmacy or pharmaceutical from that Greek word. But pharmaceuticals are drugs in the sense of hallucinogenic drugs like LSD. Hallucinogenic drugs have been used for centuries by people in uh, in pagan cultures or in the cults to induce an altered state of consciousness to help people get in contact with spirit beings. This is very common. And during this time, the Bible is telling us that people will be using drugs to help them with their idolatry, to help them to, you know, as they're worshiping these demon gods, to help them through these induced drug states, to help them make contact with these demons. You know, it's interesting to me that in the 60s, you know, you had the Beatles come in and, of course, in the beginning, everyone was drop an LSD, you know, and tuning it out and that kind of thing, right? And then these people realized that they could get into the same altered states of consciousness and contact the very same spirit guides without the use of LSD by using or by uh, uh, getting involved with TM, Transcendental Meditation. LSD was the kindergarten, Eastern mysticism was the graduate school. And I heard a very interesting testimony years ago by, uh, at that time, who was a young man. His dad had been a leader uh, in uh, the Hindu movement back in India. He was, um, I forgot what exactly the title was, but his father was, uh, was well known as a, a high up, a very religious holy man in this religious movement. And uh, when his father passed away, the son took the reins, okay, And uh, ascended, like his father, to the very top. But he had a servant that was a Christian. And this person was witnessing to him. And one day, so tormented in his spirit, because the devil, the demons, trying to kill him now. They they didn't want him getting saved. So now they're pulling all the stops. This guy is like a basket case. And he locks himself in his bedroom one day with a gun. And says, either I'm going to come out, I'm going to find the truth, or I'm going to kill myself. And three weeks later, he we came out of that room a Christian. Went on to become a very godly uh, Christian who began to expose some of the things that, you know, he was saying that as I went around talking to people, now he's a Christian now, about, you know, his past life, talking to others who had come out of the drug culture and, and, and uh, Hinduism and, and all that Eastern mysticism. He said, when I talked to people who used to drop acid, and used to have these psychedelic trips where they contacted spirit beings. He said they knew the same spirit beings that I knew. The same names that I had made contact with through transcendental meditation. His point is that there are many entry points into the realm of the demonic. Groups are doing things that they don't even know what this other group is doing, but from different directions. They're entering into the same demonic realm whether it be through drugs or through transcendental meditation or some other method that people are using today. Uh, It's all leading them into a place where they don't even realize it, but they're making contact with the same demons. They don't call themselves different names and things, but it's all demonic. And sorceries. You're going to find that this is going to become, well, you won't find it. We'll be in heaven, obviously, rejoicing with the Lord. But uh, people during this time are going to begin to see uh, this kind of demon idolatry and all just escalating. In fact, that same Greek word pharmakia, which here is the is the form pharmakon, can also refer to amulets, charms, se- seances, witchcraft, incantations, magic spells, contacting mediums, or any object that is tied to pagan idolatry or to elicit lust or used to seduce and so on. So this is a big word. It doesn't just mean drugs. In fact, the idea is anything that would help you make contact with the spirit realm kind of falls under this category. The people at this time are going to see this whole thing just explode on the face of the earth. These people are going to dive deeper and deeper into the satanic trappings of religion and the occult. He talks also about they refuse to repent of their sexual immorality. The Greek word is a porneia. We get our word pornography from that Greek word. But it simply means any kind of sexual evil. It could be talking about adultery, fornication, homosexuality, incest, bestiality. Any kind of perverted sexual practices falls under the idea of porneia. Any kind of aberrant sexual behavior. During this time, you're going to see indescribable. If you think it's bad now, we have no concept of what it's going to be like then. I mean, sexual perversions are going to be running rampant in those days. He also talks about thefts. People will refuse to repent of their thefts. Uh, You know, like morality, honesty will be non-existent uh, during this time as uh, people are going to compete and steal You know, the food supplies are going to be scarce and uh, they're going to be stealing food, clothing, water, shelter, any kind of medicines they can get their hands on. It's going to be every man for himself. It's going to be anarchy. All right. Anarchy. Again, one author said, under the influence of the massive demon forces, the world will descend into a morass of false religion, murder, sexual perversion and crime unparalleled in human history end quote if you can believe that don't forget though what have we been saying that once the church has taken out of here at the time of the rapture the church Jesus said is the salt of the earth the light of the world we learn this in 2nd um, Thessalonians chapter 2 how that the Holy Spirit working in the church is retarding the spiritual and moral decay of this world and is keeping the Antichrist restrained for making his appearance. The lawless one. Whose coming will unleash a time of such utter lawlessness on the face of the earth. It's going to be hard for us to comprehend what it's going to be like then. All of that is being restrained by the church right now. I know the church has got its problems. I know that the church has been inundated with a lot of garbage. And yet, as bad as it is right now in the world it will be much worse when the church is taken out of here because then there will be no restraint against the Antichrist coming and evil just escalating beyond anything we could even imagine. Well, let's jump into chapter 10. And I want to just set this up by saying this. The pattern of the book of Revelation in this section, when I say this section, I'm looking really at chapters 6 through 19, which deals with all the judgments God is going to pour out on this world. Basically, the uh, pattern is this. God gives us an overview of a period of time. Then we take a pause or a break. And during that time, often we, we re- recap and we kind of, um, uh, God kind of goes back and kind of uh, uh, amplifies what has already taken place. He's given us a quick overview. Then he stops for a chapter or, or more and focuses it on something or several things that happened during that period of time because he wants to focus on those things to amplify them, give us a more of an insight into what has gone on. So you have the six uh, seal judgments, right? Then the seventh seal, before the seventh seal, there's a break. There's a pause. There's a, a parenthesis. Six seals a pause, then the seventh seal, which unleashes the seven trumpet judgments. We have just gone through six of the trumpet judgments, and now there is a break. Six seals, there was a break, chapter 7. Chapter 7 was the parenthesis. We saw the 144,000 sealed, but we also saw all these martyrs that had been killed during the first six seals by the Antichrist and his followers. Chapter 7 was a, a pause or a break to that. Then you have the six trumpets. Now we have a long pause. Chapters 10 through 14 are a very long parenthetical pause. And during this pause, these chapters, what's going to happen is God is going to take us back and he's going to give us greater insights into some of the things that have happened thus far in the tribulation period.
0: You've been listening to Day by Day, the verse-by-verse Bible teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel in Elk Grove Village, Illinois, with Pastor Phil Ballmeyer. Today's message, as well as many other studies, can be heard and downloaded free of charge from our website at daybydayradio.org. From our website, you can contact us, order resources, read Pastor Phil's blog, and also subscribe to our daily podcast. We hope you'll pay us a visit. And remember to join us for Day by Day, Monday through Friday, here on this station. Thanks again for listening, and please join us again next time as we continue to study God's Word. Until then, may the Lord richly bless you and guide your steps as you walk with Him day by day.